Napa know-how. Right now, you can get a $20 prepaid Visa gift card by mail with the purchase of a Napa Legend Premium Battery. Its durability and power make it the obvious choice for people who hate getting stranded by a dead car battery. So pretty much everyone. The Napa Legend Premium Battery and $20 back. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. Limit two per household while supplies last. Offer ends 228.19. Welcome to another episode of the Streaking the Lawn podcast. Once again, my name is Pierce, and I've got the usual co-host crew with me. Caroline, how's it going? Hey, it's good. I'm in Charlottesville now. Yay! That's good. Charlottesville is lovely. And Paul, how are you? I'm good. I am also in Charlottesville, but not as permanently. Well, at least you're here now. Yeah, I'm always there in spirit. Oh, aren't we all? Uh, well, we got plenty to talk about this week. Uh, the Who's did not break our hearts on the gridiron uh, this past weekend. They took care of business, as we all predicted they would, and beat their southern oldest rivals, uh, <laughs> the North Carolina Tar Heels, in a game that, um, you know, it, it wasn't like a blowout necessarily, but it pretty much felt like UVA was going to win uh, from the get-go, uh, at least it did to me. Uh, what, what, what quick impressions did you guys take away, Caroline? Yeah, I, I agree with you. Other than, honestly, when I watched the highlights right after the game, I was kind of like, wait, it was tied 7-7. Mm-hmm. Um, so Virginia scored, great first drive, and then Carolina responded with a pretty solid opening drive of their own. And I was kind of like, well, this is not the Carolina I signed up for. Um, <laughs> I want the one that threw all the picks against Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, but then from there on, absolutely 100% agree with you. Virginia was in control. They made good choices. The defense was fantastic again. And Bryce Perkins was outstanding. So I, I just really think it was – it's not just that they're winning games. It's that they're comfortably winning games. And that's a nice feeling as a fan, as, as someone who, like, covers the team as well, where you're like, oh, well, this seems like they got, they got it under control. They know what's going on. Absolutely, Paul. Yeah, I, that was very much my my takeaway as well. They're like, it's it it feels weird to win games that aren't weird. That mm-hmm. like that now the team when a game gets dirtied up, when there's a ton of turnovers, or when the only points scored are on special teams or whatever, it feels like that is no longer Virginia's only path to victory. And in fact, like that's what other teams have to do to beat Virginia is to start dirtying up the game by you know, weather, style of play, funky, weird things happening, whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, leading, leading wire to wire. We, you know, it's, it's not technically wire to wire because it was tied there after that, that North Carolina drive, but um, just feeling in control the entire time. Uh, even, even when it got tight toward the end of the first half, it was like, okay. You know, there wasn't, there wasn't this, this growing sense of doom. Yeah. It was sort of like watching the basketball game, uh, the basketball team, right? Like, you know, these games that they win, we feel relatively comfortable that they're going to win for most of it. 
the the first half might only be a four, five, six point spread at the most for the basketball team. It's in the second half, yeah. you know, where that Virginia defense really starts to wear you down, and then it becomes a double digit lead for the basketball team, where everybody knows they're going to win except on rare occasion. Uh, you know, so it's sort of like that thing that we talk about week to week, the the thing that good teams do. Yeah. Is take a a, a a smaller numeric lead, but make it feel comfortable because they are in control uh, for for what seems to be the entire time. And I think both sides of the ball, you guys are right, uh, looked about as good. Uh, you know, if we were going to give it a grade, you'd have to say both sides at, at least an A minus. You know, or or A. Uh, I, that that interception was a, a risky throw but i like the throw of course uh reed was held on uh the play yeah the safety was there and you know i mean i don't know that reed was going to catch it without the holding but it probably was going to be more like a collision and not an easy interception right right not just a center fielder running under a fly ball right yeah and, and at least it was more of an i mean i know it was first down but it was more of an arm punt than like yeah. Bat, like a pick six type situation right, right, right. Yeah. it wasn't like missing the middle linebacker in the middle of the field and just throwing it you know into his chest right. like uh starting the miami game but um, <laughs> i'll also say michael carter only got eight carries uh for unc uh, which is just insanity i know our defense is good and i know they were doing a good job of of forcing the issue and stopping the run but uh like i said last week that that guy is really good and they just don't give him the ball <laughs> yeah he averaged average more than five yards a carry i mean yeah. it's, it, that is if you were putting together the why should larry fedora be fired yeah. package like i feel like north carolina's rushing stats from this game are are pretty much yeah you know, they're they're definitely going to be an exhibit in that package yeah. and michael carter only getting eight carries in a game that was never while it was still while, while running the ball could have made a difference you know, the game was never more than three, seven, ten points away from Carolina that if you can establish the run with Carter or at least get a drive, like it's just you can affect the outcome with a guy that's running like that as opposed to, I mean, Elliott didn't have a bad game, but 22 of 38 for 271 is not as sort of off the charts impressive as eight for 42 like Michael Carter yeah. had. I think the big reason UNC stayed close was was the good play by Elliott. Um, he just put the ball where it needed to be put like good quarterbacks do, which he hasn't done all season uh, and isn't really the fault or happenstance of, of, of anything. You know what I mean? Like so he just played well, which, you know, give him a little credit. But UVA's defense hung in there to, to make the plays they needed to in the second half to stretch it out. This defense has been so good. Mm-hmm. Like it's so fun to watch this team play defense. And as much as it's the – Oh, I'm terrified when the other team has the ball. And I'm terrified when we have the ball. It's like a whole thing. The whole time I'm like, we're winning and in control, and yet I'm always terrified because it's just uh-huh. kind of how we've been trained. But right. um, I just I can't say enough. Why do people still throw towards Bryce Hall? I don't <laughs> understand. It like, is getting a little ridiculous, like the 0.0 quarterback <laughs> rating when you're throwing yes. it. Bryce Hall. That's absurd. <laughs> And I know, like, I mean, obviously they're going to, if they see coverage that they like or whatever else, mm-hmm. but it's just kind of like, 
and some of the plays, his plays get increasingly ridiculous too. Yeah. There was one that he made where I was like, oh no, that's a, that's a reception. That's a big play. And then I was like, oh, here comes Bryce Hall out of nowhere. And well, he's going to be on their best guy. Yeah, in so their recovery. The ball to the best guy. Yeah. Chris Peace with the big strip sack and him. It just always seems to be someone in the right place, which is a great feeling as well. And it's just every single, it's, I don't even have like the right words for it. It's just, they're, they're holding teams to 18 points a game. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's great. Like you can't really ask them too much more. And the defense on, against running, rushing, whatever you want, like running teams, rushing yards, they've allowed double digit rushing yards for two straight games now. And part of that is like, what are, what are the coaches doing? What are they doing play calling wise? Virginia has gotten out in front in a bunch of these games mm-hmm. um, where you then understand that the other team has to throw it to try and make as much, make as much of the time as they can, but they've had, you know, under a hundred yards in the last two weeks. Like that's great. Like you can't yeah. ask, especially yeah, when yeah. your corners and your safeties are playing as well as they are. Like that's fantastic. Yes, please throw. So one one thing I I've been thinking about this as I've watched sort of looked looked at some of the um, advanced stats for Virginia over the last couple of weeks of thinking how similar to the basketball program this year's football team is that they're 125th in pace and uh, which leads which like that I don't want to say that they're not having an impressive defensive performance but there is a yeah you're holding teams to double digit rushing yards in a game where they're not getting the ball as much like they're there, which, which works. Absolutely. If, yeah. If you are thin on defense, if you are thin on defensive line, absolutely. If you're th- and thin on offensive line, slow the offense down, get in the huddle, make sure everybody's on the same page. So that you don't have to go more than seven deep on the offensive line. Cause you don't have it right now and keep the defense well rested. So it's, it's been the thing that has impressed me the most about this coaching staff since they came from BYU was their willingness to adapt to what they have. Yeah. That they're not dogmatic about we're going to throw the ball with a kid who's just a running quarterback or we're going to run the ball with a kid you know, who's a statue or we're going to play every down, at least three down defensive linemen. Like it's, and we're not going to run the no huddle hurry up that they took such pride in being a staple of their offense in Provo that – they get here. They don't have the depth. They don't have the personnel. Okay, we're gonna huddle. We're gonna run. We're gonna run the same, a lot of the same looks out of the offense. But we're going to do it in a much different way. It, it's been the thing that's the most impressive to me, and is why I have, even last year, felt confident about the direction of the pro or the, the year before, even the two intensities, and seeing that flexibility, and then seeing it pay off the last year and a half has been good. Yeah. What I like to, there were two drives. Sorry, Pierce, I just want to throw this in there while we're on the topic. I was looking at the time of possession for Virginia's drives. Their first one covered six, almost six minutes, 50 seconds, right? So ended in a touchdown yeah. in 83 yards. Um, they had one that was five minutes, 23 seconds, also in the first half. That only went 37 yards. <laughs> and they took that much time off the clock. That's... And then you look in the second half, like the one that they turned over on downs, and I didn't hate that play call. I didn't hate what they did there. I actually thought he got it and that they should have reviewed it, but that's fine. Um, 354, they had one 348, uh, four and a half. Like, so they're taking, well, and they also had one that was a minute 19, but that was from the fumble. 
but they're taking their time. And you look on the other side and the longest possession that Carolina had was 423. And that was their first one. They had several two possessions that were under 50 or 50 seconds or under Uh like that's great. Six, three and outs. Virginia had one three and out on Saturday. That's huge. That's awesome. You know? And they avoided a letdown. Like when is the, you know, they're not undefeated. Like we've seen them not win games. Uh, But when's the other shoe going to drop for like, things they're supposed to do and then they don't do they're already uh, obviously outperforming most expectations uh so we don't want to maybe adjust those expectations and then blame them or or get upset if they don't quite meet our new optimistic (laughs) outlook like everybody's saying they've got to beat the Hokies this year they got to beat the Hokies yeah tech looks largely terrible uh (laughs) they have looked good they no. they have the ability to to play well uh over there in blacksburg and, and we've seen it in a few of their games this year we? yeah absolutely yeah theoretically they, they can play well i haven't seen i wasn't even impressed in the florida state game and i said that way way ago where i was like they no. should have scored more points like they left a shit ton of points with some great field advantage on yeah. the on the board whatever i no, hear you saying i'm talking yeah. about their their duke win yeah. They went into Durham and anybody, anybody can beat Duke. We also win this. Anybody can beat FSU, I think. <laughs> and yeah, I mean they looked they looked like the score wise in their FSU game was dominant, but they didn't look like they were capitalizing on what they could have with no. what FSU was giving them, which was anything they wanted to do. But my point being, like they they have the ability to play better than they have been. They're not like I know they lost to ODU because they were they were underperforming, but they're not some pushover team that just because they haven't had the results that they normally do. And that the fact that I just I've had way too many people say to me this like they've got to beat the Hokies, and like hell yeah I want to beat the Hokies, <laughs> hell yeah I want them to take advantage of a, a down season in Blacksburg that matches up with overperforming you know for, for our team, but. The, the whole idea that we're adjusting what is going to be the expectations for this in year three with all the negatives uh, on the roster that we continue to point out in terms of depth, not in yeah. terms of, you know, people playing poorly, but I, I, I just like, it's still a road game against a good program in a rivalry game. We haven't won oh, yeah, in a sure. decade and a half. So maybe I'm going a little too hard on this tangent, but I, <laughs> I just think like it, it's going to be awesome if they do keep overperforming uh, or outperforming expectations. But what's what's going to happen to all of us when they underperform or, yeah. or when they meet yeah. what we were expecting them to do? Uh, maybe a little bit closer. Uh, hello, the Navy game last year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, we met a we made a bowl. We're better than we thought we were going to be, and then you got blown out by a service academy. You know, like, hey, like not hey. just blown out, hey. like, like you know, one one of the worst possible performances outside of the opening kickoff that that anyone could imagine. Well, the so, game ended after the opening kickoff, so I don't know. What right, got right, right. <laughs> anyway, I'm just saying, like, it, it, this is wonderful, but. You know, I think it's important that we keep noting the slim margin of error yes. that the team has, and 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 keep 
being maybe uh, surprised. Yeah, it's weird. They keep over or outperforming. It's weird because I honestly, I completely understand every single thing you just said, but I'm also having a hard time um, just internally figuring out like what to think of this team because I think Mm -hmm. each week that the margin, the slim margin is a little less slim. Like when they do stuff and I'm like, oh, they can actually respond and score points if they need to. Having a kicker is a solid plus. Like, yeah. Or at least one that is, you know, so I feel like the, while the margin of error is still slim, it's not as slim as I thought it was maybe three weeks ago. Sure. But also, I don't like the narrative that Virginia is only at the top of the coastal because, like, everyone else is so terrible. Because that to me is diminishing what they're doing because they have looked good. And there's a lot of people that will only mention Bryce Perkins when they talk about things. And he's fantastic. I love him. I'm so glad he's wearing orange and blue. But I, I just think, like, Alameda is still fantastic. And Jordan Ellis is still dangerous. And obviously we were curious about how he was going to do after uh, an apparent injury two weeks ago. And so that was good. He got out there and, and had a solid game, I thought. They probably didn't use him as much as they normally would have because of the injury. Um, but then you got like our receivers are playing really well and there's different things where I don't just think that it's a case of everyone else not being good. It's Virginia might actually be good and maybe we should give them a little credit. Not you, like, I mean, in in general. Yeah. It it feels a little bit to me like the, the, the Wake Forest, like the Riley Skinner Wake Forest years where they, came out of nowhere to win what everybody thought was the harder division or, or to be ahead. I don't know if it was pre divisions, then it was certainly higher up in, in the conference than they thought that there is a, yeah, this team's playing really well and they deserve all of the credit in the world for how they're playing. But there is also, it, it is happening in conjunction with a bunch of other teams underperforming. There's there's no way to say that Miami hasn't been anything other than a disappointment. There's no way yeah. to say that Virginia Tech hasn't been anything other than a disappointment. And Duke, which was the like, ooh, that's the dark horse team in the Coastal, started out hot against what's looked like maybe shakier competition and has, has really come back down to earth. Yeah. So that's not a like they're underperforming expectations. It's they're underperforming possibility that it's it's not the scenario that anybody saw playing out. So yeah, the te- this team, this Virginia team has played well. They've beaten the teams they need to be to be in this position. Yeah. But they're still a mid-40s S&P right. ranked team. That, like that's a division, any division in any conference with a team in the mid-40s at the top of it, I'm going to look at it and go, damn, that, that's not a strong division. Yeah. Like it, it, it's kind of like what you would expect from like the Mac West or something. Like it's, <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't name the teams in the MAC divisions if you held a gun to my head. I could probably name a few teams in the MAC, but I don't think I knew that they had divisions. Yeah, <laughs> one of the directional Michigans. Yeah, uh, I just like saying MAC. It's a good point that yeah, you it, regardless of people using it as an excuse for Virginia overachieving, the coastal is garbage, and and those are true. No, it isn't. <laughs> and if any team should be kicking themselves for not taking advantage, it's Duke, because uh, Miami yeah. was expected to. Virginia Tech is sort of the like, yeah, but we're actually going to because you know Miami's not really going to take advantage, and then both of those teams are having clear disappointing years duke has the established program in recent recruiting and a veteran quarterback that it's it's a little 
uh, hard to swallow, I think, if you're a Duke fan for how they performed uh, this year with this opportunity that instead, so far, UVA has taken advantage of. Yeah, I think Duke had a lot of injuries too, but yeah, yeah absolutely. That's But it's year what undercut, you know, a, a lot of injuries, like you should have depth by this, that point in time. Careful, Lauren's going to just drop in and smack <laughs> you and then run back out. No, it's not going to be Lauren, it's going to be Ben Swain. <laughs> He listens to this. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> anyway, um, let's hand out our uh, our stars. Oh, yeah. For the uh, game, uh, Paul, why don't you go with the easy one, and then and then Caroline, and, and then uh, you no, don't have I don't to. Like, pick the I don't like. I don't like going with the easy one. Um, <laughs> I'll go with Chris Peace as a stand-in for the linebacking core, as like the the flag bearer for the linebacking core. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 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 uh, strict yeah strip sack mm-hmm. there it is on Elliot I thought was a real felt like a momentum changer uh, that may have been because it was like pretty much directly in my line of sight like directly in our seats <laughs> like as soon as he got there was like oh it falls out um, <laughs> we so. get it your seats are good. <laughs> <laughs> anyone's seats should be good like uh, no one is going to this game that, like, that, should, be the, that <laughs> should be the tagline for Virginia football is like Scott Stadium good seats still available <laughs> right uh, <laughs> uh, anyway I, yeah so I'll go this is the JPJ like, like, <laughs> alright is there more you Paul, wanted to add <laughs> no I'm good I'm done on my Christmas <laughs> Caroline I've said I'm my gonna... piece ha <laughs> <laughs> ha uh, I'm going to go Bryce Perkins. Um, my dude accounted for, let me see, make sure I can do the math, 329 overall yards, four touchdowns. Um, and he was, I just thought, so important and so good um, that he, he made stuff happen. He made good choices um, outside of the interceptions when he could really knock him for it all. Um 112 yards on the ground it seemed much more designed runs and controlled as opposed to like panic runs and I think he's gotten much better at that over the last few weeks um and the touchdown pass to butts was great there was a moment where you're like oh he's on, oh he did it and for a minute you're like yeah. oh, is that gonna get picked off arm punt 2.0 <laughs> yeah um but he made so and, and a lot of credit goes to the receivers as well uh on this I think the second touchdown when Dubois scored, you yeah. came back and got that ball. Um, so that's kind of helping your QB out, making him look good. When he he's scrambling and under pressure, you can come back and make those plays. Um, Zacchaeus made a nice play um, for one of his receptions, actually the break, record-breaking one. So I thought Perkins was outstanding. Yep, yep, absolutely. Uh, I'll give mine to Oz, though. Speaking of record-breaking, uh, Zacchaeus – taken over Billy McMullen's record for uh, career pass receptions. I mean, just, just what a dude. Yeah, <laughs> and he's got so many more games to yeah. like build on that. It's like he's at 218 now, and the record was 211. I feel like there's still potential. Uh, you know, it, there were a couple games for Zacchaeus before this year where he just took over the game. Uh, I think, like, uh, against Miami, it was a loss, but, like, they couldn't do anything to stop Zacchaeus, things like that. And we haven't 
quite seen that this year, maybe because everybody else is playing pretty well and we have such a, a dynamic quarterback, nothing against Ben Kurt, but a guy who is stretching, you know, 30 yard runs for touchdowns or whatever yeah. is a little unusual at the quarterback position. But uh, maybe, so maybe it's because he doesn't have to, but I feel like we can see more uh, in a single game scenario here as like some sort of going out party. Yeah, I feel like I yes, season. absolutely. I think that there's going to be a game where he just like goes off for like 150, mm-hmm. 55 yards. As, as trash as Virginia Tech's defensive backfield has been, like that could be. Yeah. Like, yeah. You get Oz in space against against teams that like a, a defensive backfield that doesn't know their scheme. Ten games into the season, um, that that could be a. I like that success. <laughs> yeah. Ten yeah. games into the season. Let's hope so. <laughs> Uh, all right, well, let's talk about the Pitt uh, game coming up Friday night. Uh, prime time, thunderstorm. This game's game. going to kick off at like 9.30. I know, like it's, it's a 7.30 crazy. kickoff with thunderstorm for the next three hours. I, I think, yeah, we'll see. I think I think the, the optimists would say the thunderstorms are going to be far, that, far enough east. And then the weather report was like, and then rain is going to materialize over <laughs> central virginia it's not even like a store that storm surge that's going across the country it's like the pressure behind it i'm getting into my weatherman uh wishful thinking here but at the the pressure behind it mixing like the high and the low that are going to mix as the storm leaves the thunderstorms for east is just going to create rain on top of charlottesville according to my uh pre-coffee uh reading of the weather report this morning so we'll see it might just rain a shit ton which would be annoying and cold but uh it lends itself to maybe a sloppy game maybe one more dictated by the running games uh which i don't want that no i mean because that's pit strength um for sure but it's 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 not like the who's haven't shown they can run the ball uh successfully so hopefully that would work out yeah Uh, that's going to be the the talk of so both Pitt and Virginia are averaging about 28 points offensively um per game the biggest key difference is Virginia's defense actually does something so I'm curious to see (laughs) I mean the the game last week that Pitt had Mm-hmm. Like I cannot even just looking at the numbers for those of you listening that didn't see that game or didn't see the score, they beat Duke 54 45 on like a last second. I don't even know if that's right, by the way. I think that math doesn't even add up because they were losing and that's a nine point win. But anyway, um, it, I mean, they needed to score 50 points on Duke to win. Um, and one that shows they're capable of scoring 50 points, which is definitely something in, that you can't overlook. But they also ran for a ridiculous amount in that game. Um, mm. And that's something that Virginia, like we just talked about, has been very good with in the past few weeks is not letting teams do that, which, yeah. Yeah. you know, I don't know. It's going to be one of those when Virginia basketball plays a fast-paced team and, you know, who's tem- who, dicta- who dictates the tempo, like what's going to happen. Uh, they rushed for 484 yards against Duke. Yeah. Um, al- almost a first down per rush, yeah. uh, which is like 9.3 yards, which is insane. Um, so I think that our rush defense is better than that. Yeah. Um, you know, you can't 
but they also let Duke throw for almost 400 yards and rush for another 220. So, yeah, who would have ever thought we would just say about a Pat Narduzzi team? Man, their defense stinks. Yeah, they're, like, they're, they're, they're just legit bad. Yeah, uh, and it's weird. Like, I I will admit, I don't think I have watched a down of Pitt football this year. In part because I forget that they're in our division. That, like, <laughs> I I don't know. I haven't watched much. Who knew? Uh, <laughs> but the looking at their their stat profiles, it's the thing that strikes me is that it's almost a mirror image of Virginia in terms of preseason expectations versus where they are now that they, they started the year in the sort of mid forties and are now hovering right around 80. We started in, you know, Virginia started in the seventies and is now right in the mid forties. So um, I think these teams are fairly evenly matched talent wise. Um, but just the, the perform, you look at that defense and go, what the hell's going on? Yeah. Um, they yeah. gave up 51 yards to Penn state, obviously a good team. Um, they gave up 45 to a – I mean, I think UCF is a good team. They were a better team last year. So I don't think UCF is as good this year, but they lost 45-14 to UCF. They gave up 44 points – sorry, 37 points to Syracuse in a one-possession game there. Um, the, their best game of the season was clearly against Notre Dame, uh, where they lost 19-14 on the road. But Notre Dame looked awful in that game. And then they you know, gave up 45 points to Duke. Uh, they lost to that UNC team, 38-35. Um, I don't know what to make of Pitt. Like, I honestly don't. It's always a physical game. I said at the beginning of the year in our preview podcast that I never liked this game, that it's just like a slap fight, and it just always turns out to be just like, oh, why is this happening? Something really annoying happens. I'm going to the game, so I'm extraordinarily concerned that that's going to happen. Um, well, this, this goes, the point I was making earlier about, like, games getting dirtied up is no longer yeah. how Virginia wins. Like, that feels like that's how Pitt wins is something yeah. weird. What the hell kind of football score is 54 to 45? What kind of football score – you know, some, look at this, looking at – there's, like, 51 to 6. What the yeah. hell? Like, these are just weird <laughs> games. They're strange. 19-14. Yeah, like, it's just – it's bizarre. Um, so, yeah, that's – this game – scares me more than anything else on the roster other than the soul crushing sucker at the end there. But um, I, yeah, I just, I don't know what's going to, yeah. The weather night game, short, weird prep, like and the pressure prep off by a day. Like, yeah. yeah. And it's a big game. This is one of the yeah. bigger game. I mean, we talked about Miami coming in ranked, but at this point of the year, this is probably the biggest game Virginia's hosted in the last five years in terms of importance in November. Like, when you look at it, it's, like, kind of depressing to say, but when was the last time there was a meaningful... Yeah, without, out- without the rivalry. Yeah, um, if you discount, yeah, right, like, just yeah. the general, like, right. okay, we want to beat Tech because we want to beat Tech. But right. having a game of meaning where it, like, has a huge impact on this out in, you know, the right. season, we haven't had one of those a long time. Maybe, I don't know calendar-wise where Georgia Tech was, but I think that yeah. was still October last year. Um, but I tend to trust Vegas um, on this, um, and I like the fact that it's a night game. Uh, I think our, you know, the, the, the who's play with some swag for sure. And, yeah, that's fun. <laughs> and the students will be there because um, it's not a noon game. <laughs> I, I think it, it, Pitt's 
resume doesn't do anything other than I think the only real uh, eye tests I've I've had for them is watching plenty of them uh, playing Notre Dame, uh, and they looked okay. You know, I guess Notre Dame, who is at least okay and potentially good, you know, potentially playoff where they I. I I just I know their coaching is good, and I know they usually destroy us. <laughs> but also, this UVA team looks legit. Uh, so I don't know. The only yeah. thing the only thing I know for certain about this game is that assuming there are no weather delays, it will be over in three hours or less. That these yeah. are two, these are two teams like to slow that slow the pace down, run the ball, which means the game's going to be over super fast. Um, yeah, that that I feel like that's the only thing I'm confident in about this game, other than getting soaked. What well, do you have uh, predictions? I I don't know, like 2011 to giraffe, like something <laughs> weird. I don't know, like it's going to be a bizarre game. Are, is Virginia going to win? I said yes in the column. I said I think I said Virginia to win, but Pitt to cover. Uh-huh. Um, just because I feel like that's that's kind of how Pitt's played this year is like they've either gotten vaporized by Penn State or UCF, or it's been a one possession quirky weird thing at the end. So, you know, let's say a you know five and a third point Virginia win. I don't know. Right. Yeah, I think they win, and it's going to be something like thirty three twenty seven or something like that. Something weird. I. I I, I'm, I hate picking the numbers. I think Virginia wins. I said the same thing. Virginia wins, but Pitt covers. Um, I'm always way off with the numbers, but um, I don't know. Like, I want to say that this te- that Virginia will score a lot because, I mean, this defense, they could. Um, yeah. yeah. But- they got to take advantage of, of this. Of the fact that Pitt has a, 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 a whole a whole full <laughs> defense. <laughs> you know, I think yeah. – I think that, it, that that's the key is is not trading touchdowns for field goals, um, is is converting on the possessions because they're going to be able to drive the ball, and Pitt shouldn't be able to keep up with them. But yeah. limit if you limit can turnovers, field goals instead of touchdowns. Then you don't know, right? Yeah, limit turnovers and keep their run game contained, and Virginia yeah. could win by two touchdowns. Or double yeah. digits. If Pitt gets a running game together, it's going to be a long night. All right. Well, let's uh, talk a little hoops before we close things up. Uh, today was media day yeah. over at the arena. So I know, Darns, you got to chat with some of the players and hear Tony. Uh, we've got some news, of course. Uh, have we really talked hoops since Key got his waiver? I don't, I don't Not know. really, yeah. We it's haven't really fun. discussed it. Um, like it, came, it came up tangentially when we were talking to Lauren that she right, right, was right. Ride, riding high on her number one selection because now yeah. else, kicking, actively kicking people in the face to get them off the bandwagon. <laughs> and it becomes even more important uh, with the announcement today that uh, our, our Frankie Bedochi is out indefinitely with uh, undisclosed medical issues. So yeah. uh, I'll be curious to see what kind of severity uh, that means um, or if it's just sort of a, hey, you know, you take whatever time you need no matter what. Uh, cause yeah, and honestly, he wasn't, su- 
coach wasn't super clear. I mean, and first and foremost, and I know that we all agree on this is whatever needs to happen for our thoughts go first to Frankie. And yeah, of course, you know, um, it wasn't entirely clear if it was him or like a family thing, but I'm, I'm guessing it's most likely something that he's dealing with. Um, and you know, we hope, hope that that goes smoothly and when he can return, that's awesome. Um, it does, it would it would be a bigger hit basketball wise again all of this is secondary to him being safe and and better um but with Braxton coming in the depth issue was a little bit um less of an issue um so that was news today from media day i also went to operation basketball which i can speak to a little as a whole when it comes to i think that you could not have asked for a group of guys to handle what they went through in March with that loss better than this group was equipped to do. And a lot of that is Tony Bennett. A lot of that are just the guys that he recruits. Um, They're handling it extraordinarily maturely. And I've thought that since it happened, Um, we've talked about before, like their response was about as good as you can ask um, following something like that. They've been extremely, open about it among themselves there's no hiding it it's very much like all right this is our thing (laughs) we can't change it there's no point in trying to like shy away from it or pretend it didn't happen Mm -hmm. um so they're doing that thing that we said was the healthiest which is leading into it (laughs) um and they're just ready is the biggest thing that they kept saying today and talking to all the players today and coach bennett they're ready to it didn't even come up today actually uh with coach bennett but um, they're ready to play a game against someone that's not themselves and fans will be very excited here. I got some info from Deandre Hunter that they are adding some things, changing some things to the offense. What? Hey, what? Uh, he wouldn't, I mean, I didn't ask too many further questions because, you know, we don't want to tell everyone what they're doing offensively. Um, but he said it's different. It opens up a lot more things. He's a bigger piece of that. Um, which I think Good. a lot of Virginia fans <laughs> want to hear. Say no more. Yeah. Um, he's like, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to tell you the name of it. I was like, that's fine. <laughs> like, it still uses some of the principles, obviously. They're not going to completely get away. For, like Kyle Guy is one of the best off-screen players in the country. So to like not use screens to get him open would be silly. Um, but it sounds like it's one of the things that Virginia fans have asked about with Tony Bennett being a little bit more flexible offensively. Um, so super excited about that. and. I just, they're they're gonna be good. I don't know. Uh, so well, so I, I will yeah. say the one the one thing <laughs> I, I this sounds like like I I feel like that could have been an audio clip from preseason last year. Like I, there was preseason talk about a new, more open, more flexible offense, or at least was a, there? at least at, at least a more up tempo offense. I think last year that there was there was this idea that they had more tools than they'd had under Bennett in a while. So they were going to get out and open things up a little bit more. And then it quickly felt like, you know, I, I don't have anything like a trained basketball. eye. I, I can't break <laughs> down schemes off of, you know, live game film, certainly not. Um, but it felt for the entire season, like it was the same, pretty much the same grinded out offense other than in a, partic- a few, few spots. So I, that's awesome. I hope, I hope that it is, something that is noticeably different because I do think that's that is how Virginia gets to the next level is a more free flowing creative offense that that mm-hmm. allows a little bit more spontane spontaneity 
Um, yeah. And I think one of the things that'll be huge for that is like, I mean, the times when you get the most or you saw the most of DeAndre Hunter, I saw I was there was an article on the ringer today and Paul, you and I discussed this a little bit, but they mentioned like, is Jack too big to be and DeAndre and Jack played together like six percent of the time. Like this isn't like when DeAndre's out there, he's generally with a with Mamadi or with Isaiah last year. So this year is gonna be Mamadi or we'll see if it's Jay Huff. Like maybe there is more with Jack. I do think that there was when people say speed it up or like spread it out, if you're expecting again the like royal you, not you, Paul, but if you're expecting more running up and down like that's probably not going to happen like sure. they're going to take advantage and that's just how it's always been like Kyle Guy had a dunk like Mamadi has dunks on the break like that stuff happens when it's smart and when it's available yeah. but if you think it's going to turn into more of a Carolina style or a Duke style like get it up as fast as we can see what happens no. and again it, but I think that it's going to be more where you saw Mamadi like juke the hell out of Marvin Bagley or Grace now at the top of the key or post up, you know, playing the zone, there's going to be more flexibility this year because, and I love Isaiah. I do. Everyone knows this. He's great. Mamadi is more offensively minded than Isaiah was. Right. So if right. You, you had, you had that, that black hole lineup last year, that yeah. Jack and Isaiah were on the floor at the same time. Right. They, they couldn't score unless they were hitting from outside. Yeah. And it, my dream lineup, and I think we've talked about this, but like there's going to be a lot of times where we're going to have Ty at the one, Kyle at the two, Braxton at three, uh, DeAndre at the four, and Mamadi at the five. And I'm just going to sit there with like heart eye emoji face and just be like, score lots of points. Um, and I think it'll yeah. be successful. And I think that's exactly talking to Mamadi today. He has put in so much work in the off season. Um, and he's excited. Like he wants to do these things offensively. He's worked on better rebounding but they all still took basic principles from Isaiah when it comes to keeping the ball alive and making plays that don't show up in the box score. And I think that's where this is going to have a happy, this is the best offensive team ceiling, I guess, we, or floor yeah. both. <laughs> well, I mean, if, if, the, if the new offense, like, no, I, yes, I personally prefer the 60 minutes of hell, you know, fast pace up and down the court style of basketball. I've gotten you like, I, I prefer Virginia, but my preference for Virginia winning outweighs my preference for a particular style <laughs> right, of battery. Right. So I've embraced what, what Bennett is doing. If yeah. this new offense is essentially the beeline motion offense that the, that Michigan has used really well last year, yeah. and DeAndre Hunter is going to be a more athletic Mo Wagner, and they're going to have better shooters on the outside than Michigan had last year, and play better defense than Michigan played last year. Like, yeah, that's yeah. absolutely a Final Four team. That watching Michigan's deep run, watching that motion offense, going, holy crap! It like it has a lot of the blocker mover sort of principles, but it allows for a lot more creativity. And obviously, Mo, the, the the career that Mo Wagner had at Michigan shows you what you can do with a guy that's six eight six nine and can move. Yeah, the way that both Hunter mm -hmm. and he can. They looked, everyone, I mean, we know how great Mike Curtis is, but everybody looked so fit. You know what I mean? Like, and Braxton's a big, he's a big kid too. I really, and that was the first time I talked to him. Like, he, he's a great interview. He's fitting in really well. Um, there was a lot of, the team chemistry aspect, I think, will be huge. Because again, like, this is a team that went through something that no other college team, 
I mean, there's 15 twos and those were big at the time, but the stuff, I mean, they got death threats and shit, you know what I mean? Like, and I think that they've come out of this, not only like the best you could ask for, but better, if that even makes any sense. I don't know. I've just been really, really impressed. Better than the best you could ask for. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. They're winning two championships. Yes. The national title and the championship of the heart. Hey, I mean, it works for me. It's funny because Ty is such a, like, he's, there was a lot of talk about this summer of getting more vocal and leadership was praised. And Coach Bennett said he's sitting down and talking to Ty, like, okay, as a leader, like, different people react to different things. You know, like, some people don't mind being yelled at. That motivates them. But there are other people that maybe don't do as well getting yelled at. And so, like, he's doing that kind of, and he's not yelling like me and whatever. Um, and so you have Kyle to kind of balance out. (laughs) You got Kyle and Jack to kind of balance out good cop, bad cop. And, and Jack said he, he'll sometimes take things and like tell the, the four, the forwards what to do because they don't want to hear it from the guards, you know, (laughs) which I loved. (laughs) Hey, you don't know what we do down here in the post. (laughs) Um, but they just generally seem to get along. And I think that team chemistry, um, We'll go far. Oh, I, don't, I, I don't know what to make of anything anymore because, like, what do you do after a season? What like, is truth? Yeah. <laughs> what, what is life? Well, uh, speaking of, like, we were talking about the football team. I mean, last year they weren't preseason ranked. They outperformed expectations majorly by beating the crap out of the entire ACC. Yeah. And then the other shoe dropped when they had a truly terrible game uh, against a team that was having a really good game. <laughs> that was their military ball. <laughs> I mean, the parallels are sort of there, right? You know, like, and, and, and almost the, this is my nerves for the football team this season because they're, you know, last season the, the football team did better than we may have anticipated. This season they're, they're greatly uh, overachieving or, or outperforming expectations. Uh that's what i'm saying right like like you, yeah. you, at one point you go well they really just are this good and then all of a sudden there's the oh no <laughs> like mm-hmm. like there there it is well at uh, least if they go to the acc title game we at least know what's happening there oh yeah, yeah the football team yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> they play clemson Let's... i mean i'll still go to charlotte and watch them get stopped by clemson yeah, charlotte I, is you have lovely. nothing to lose as uva going to that game um, yeah sure. except the game except... your soul well, you know what i mean <laughs> no one Gas no, money no real result Lodging. Is surprise anyone there yeah. other than uva uh, you know doing well, well. When Which, BC, who knows? When who BC knows? beats Clemson in a couple weeks uh, and then wins out. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> it could but happen. <laughs> this is actually our last podcast before tip off uh, I know. for UBAC. So this is a freaking Tuesday, man. It's, I know. When the, when the football team's doing well, basketball is right. up on you. <laughs> is, this what, is, is this what other schools feel like? That football isn't something to endure until basketball season? <laughs> no, it's really weird. It's, yeah. And when I'm like, when's the game on? Get so excited. Um, yeah, and I mean, the for people listening, if anyone has missed any coverage, we've had a bunch of stuff going on for the last like 30 days, literally at this point. Uh, so we've got player profiles like on. Like an advent calendar of basketball <laughs> yeah. coverage. Um, 
less chocolate. And, yeah, way less chocolate. <laughs> Especially since the ruffians in my neighborhood stole all of my candy. Would Weed. you just leave, leave a bowl out? Yeah, I went. I took Bennett to. You're so surprised. I do. <laughs> Look, I've lived in apartments for like the last however many years, right? right? Let um, me learn you something. No one, no if one you ever leave a bowl of candy out. They're I thought it was take like a thing. Out. You just say like take one. No, like, no, oh. it's not. The candy was gone. They it is the taking the bowl. That is that is the, that is the coup de grace. <laughs> that's funny. Like, oh God. So I get back from taking my adorable Bennett dog, dressed like a hot dog, to trick or treating on the lawn. And I open the front door to be like, all right, let's see how many Reese's are left for your girl. <laughs> and there were none and no bowl. So would you well, have been luckily, more yeah. would you have been more angry if you had come back and the bowl was there, but it was only almond joys in it? <laughs> well, I didn't I didn't buy any of those trash candies, but I did put butterfingers in there and they were all gone. Gross. They're probably like just in the bushes because no one wanted the butterfingers or something. Um butterfingers are I like butterfingers. Stuck in your teeth, they're good. Yeah. I saw them in the store and Lily was like, eh, Paul's so silly. I'm getting Butterfingers. So, I mean, they're no Reese's. My they're no Reese's. Fine. Like, I will eat Almond Joys just to spite you. <laughs> I eat Almond Joys too, too. So I don't, you know. He's spiting me. It's fine. No, no, I know. Uh -oh. you, you, there's some terrible food takes on this blog. Um, but we won't get into that because we've been talking plenty uh, already. Ketchup is fine. Ketchup <laughs> is not fine. Uh, ketchup's ketchup fine on, like, fine French, French fries. I don't understand what you guys have against bread and meat are fine with ketchup. What? Like you put it on a burger, it's the same idea. I don't understand why. It's like like, so a ham a sandwich should have ketchup on it. No, that's okay, not a, that's, that's bread and not meat. a grilled meat. Okay, how about a taco? Uh, also not a grilled meat. Are you grilling tacos? Did I say grill? You yeah, said I bread said I amended it. Grilled a grilled you're meat. Just moving the goalposts. Do you, do you grill awesome. your chicken nuggets that you also dip into ketchup, Caroline? I don't but think if so. I want to. I don't understand. I, it's like the, all that ketchup is supposed to go on are burgers, hot dogs, no. chick tens, no. and fries. Like that's it. That's all. Fries, sure. Wait, hold on. Wait, quick time. Pierce, what should ketchup go on? Yeah. French fries. That's, that's it. That's literally it. Uh, hamburgers, with other stuff. Like that would be gross if it was just a hamburger with just ketchup on it. But yeah, I've definitely never eaten that. That would be gross. Um, but like a ketchup is a good uh, part of the accoutrement to a, a hamburger. It doesn't belong on hot dogs. I'm sorry, and I think it's gross that someone would dip chicken nuggets in ketchup too. It's gross. It's gross. It's no I don't sense. Think it, that's that's yeah. definitely a weirder take that there is like ketchup only goes on. Wait, wait, what about fancy ketchups? Like even, if you've got like curry ketchup or like Ew, why would you do that? <laughs> yeah, no, go go ahead and and join Caroline's side of curry ketchup. Like, Ew, why would you do that? Of course you would like duck like duck sauce. fat fries with right, yeah, yeah. really good fancy ketchup. Sure, sure. Absolutely. But and and like yeah. Ketchup is not good, but I like I'll eat it on fries or whatever. But there's always better condiments available. Like chicken, who doesn't put honey wait, mustard? Yeah, wait, wait. What, chicken goes, what goes on a hot dog? If not ketchup, then mustard. What? Just mu this whoa, is mustard. what kind of mustard? Mustard is so oh, gross. Any any mustard would be no, honey mustard. Yellow, but like yellow, is, yellow mustard is the nastiest stuff on the planet. Thank you. Mustard is disgusting. It's second only to mayo when it comes to gross. Okay, and, and mayo is delicious. So mayo is fantastic. Like, you're, you're kind I, of, you're kind I of an opinion. Mayo with a spoon before. <laughs> 
What? Duke's mayonnaise. Is... Oh, Duke's mayonnaise is the only mayonnaise I buy, uh, obviously, because I have taste. <laughs> Caroline, do you like Miracle Whip? No. <laughs> okay. All right. We can we can all agree that Miracle Whip is cancer trash. This is all literally the grossest stuff. It makes me want to barf. <laughs> so delicious condiments make Caroline want to barf. No. Therefore, I don't trust her opinions on <laughs> dipping chicken nuggets into ketchup. That's not that weird. <laughs> I mean, if you're in kindergarten, it's not that weird. I'll, but things don't sh- like it doesn't matter the age when things are like go together. Like opinion on ketchup mayo mix as a you don't think, yeah, I just don't like mayo. You don't think taste and, Here, and, and culinary experiences are different. No, they do, from but it doesn't mean child. that things that it, mix together don't then mix together like it yes, they get more developed in some things, but it doesn't mean that they don't go together or they only go together if you're eight and then as soon as you turn nine, they don't go together. It doesn't make any sense. Yes, it does make sense because your palate absolutely changes. That's like a that's a, a known thing. Doesn't no. What about fish sticks? You dip fish sticks and I love fish sticks. Get out of like Yeah, yeah when you get like you uh, fish and chips. Fish stick. Yeah. Fish and chips. Guess what I'm not mm-hmm. dipping my fish and chips in? Ketchup. Well you're but i would dip them in curry sauce because that's delicious so anyway (laughs) that's a great tangent to finish things up i think you're wrong um and uh i hope that that happy basketball off season everybody (laughs) yeah thank god we won't have any time time to argue about food anymore because we're gonna have to keep talking about this successful football team while we talk about (laughs) the basketball team maybe in the spring uh, um Maybe this summer. I don't know. Anyway, stay tuned to the blog. Uh, we've got, obviously, your pit game coverage, but also uh, the the last parts of our preseason basketball. Maybe next week uh, we'll dig in a little bit more into our expectations uh, for the ACC uh, basketball. So uh, look forward yeah. to that. But until then, for everybody at the blog, I'm Pierce. Uh, go Hoos. iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love, like taking those perfect New Year, New You portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. It's the best way to stay connected to everyone you'll heart most in 2019. So get ready to fall in love with iPhone XR on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE to learn more or visit a store today. The iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love, like taking those perfect New Year, New You portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. It's the best way to stay connected to everyone you'll heart most in 2019. So get ready to fall in love with iPhone XR on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE to learn more or visit a store today.